Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Father, as we gather before you, Lord, with a heart of worship, Lord God, you meet us wherever we are. So, Lord God, within this time of worship, Lord, let it multiply. Lord God, let it grow. Lord Jesus, let it infiltrate each person within this building. And let our words, our praise, our worship spill out into this community. Lord God, we worship you this morning. We lift up the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus, that's the most powerful name that this world has ever known. So when we proclaim the word, the name of Jesus, we proclaim the power of our God. So Lord God, this morning, Lord within us our desire to worship not just on a Sunday morning Lord but worship every single day to seek your face every single day to be led by the Holy Spirit every single day yes. to be moved to prayer every single day to be in your word every single day Lord you are lifted high Lord you are on the move Yes. And Lord God, when you're on the move, it is led by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior, our King. So Lord God, we love you so much. And we choose to proclaim the name of Jesus no matter what. Jesus, we pray all of this in your powerful name. You are our Lord and our King. We love you. And everyone said, Amen. You guys may be seated. What do you guys think? That was a pretty intense uh, time of worship, wasn't it? And we love it. Well, let me let me get the kids out of here real quick. Kids, you are dismissed. Make some noise. You're all moving slow. All right, for you adults who have remained, we have a few Quick announcements. Let's just run through those. The 40 Days for Life. The kickoff is tonight at uh, 6 p.m. Um, all the information that you need is in your bulletin. It's going to be great. There's going to be a great speaker there. If you can come, please come. 6 p.m. Um, East Helena at at St. Cyril and Methodist. Method, 
Methodius Catholic Church. I, I don't know these names. Um, Bridge Assembly. Bridge Assembly, short, sweet, to the point. But if you can, get there. And then um, our day to actually gather and pray is March 18th. There is a sign-up sheet in the back with, with our slots, right, each hour. It's from 8 to 8, I believe. Um, and it's over at Planned Parenthood, if I'm not mistaken, just like the last time. So please sign up for that. The 40 Days for Life is an incredible thing. Um, but like I said, sign up in the back. And then, let's see, men's night. We got a men's night coming up. Um, it's a slider night. It's a slider competition. How many guys in here like to eat? Every single one of them. How many of you guys in here like to cook? A lot of guys like to cook as well. So what we'll be doing is we'll be doing a, a, a competition. We're going to make sliders. There is a sign-up in the back for that. Sign up. If you aren't really a, a like get into that kind of thing, sign up and you can bring chips or, or something like that. But just sign up, put your information, leave what you're going to bring. I will say this. I didn't know what I was going to bring, but I had an idea, uh, just a bright flash. I, I don't know if it was Shekinah Glory coming on and just saying, you, you, Jason, will make it this. And man, I've got some sliders planned that are just going to, oh, they're going to be so good. And, and I talked to Doyle and he said, oh man, I got something different too that I'm bringing. So it's going to be a good time. It's not all about food though. It's about connection, guys. Guys, we need connection in this day and age. We need connection so incredibly bad. And then last week we talked about church membership. We had the annual business meeting. I threw it out there. Hey, anybody want to become members? And there was a, a, a number of people that said, man, I want to become a member. Now go back to that one. Yeah, we don't want to jump off that too quick. Um, so church membership, if you are interested in becoming a member here at Bridge, there's so many important reasons to be a member of your, your church. It is important, but so is prayer, and that's the next slide. But there's a sign-up in the back, and it's just... I, I, go, go, oh, it's on a timer. Yeah, just keep hitting it. Keep hitting. Are you saying I'm talking too much about this? Is that what you're saying? There's a sign up in the back. It's We don't have a date for the Church 101 class yet, but what we want to do is gather as much information of who wants to become a member, and then we can plan the appropriate time. If for some reason um, you want to become a member, but you can't attend the Church membership one oh the church one oh one membership class, um, get with me and we can figure that out. We can do um an alternate time. I don't want to do that with 20 different people, so we want to get most people into the same class, but uh, but do it. You'll, you'll get to know what this church is all about, so please sign up for that as soon as you can, and we'll move forward with that. Um, oh, there's a next slide. There it is. Monday prayer. We do that every Monday. We It's from 1 to 3 p.m. and then also at 7 to 9 p.m. It's a great time. For me, it's been good to to break me out of my schedule and say, you know what, that stuff can wait. It's time to pray. So um, I've been enjoying it. I do the one to three. Um, awesome time. 
uh, it's good to pray. We pray on our own, but then we talk, and, and God really shows some, some great stuff. So that's every Monday here in the sanctuary. Everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter if you have friends that attend another church. If they want to pray, bring them here. We're not trying to steal them. We're not trying to do anything. We're not exclusive. We're praying to the Almighty God, and we don't have any um, corner on that market, right? We're all praying to the same God, so bring them if you can. And then lastly, um, I want to throw VBS out there. VBS will be coming up in um, this summer. We're, we're going to be finalizing dates on that, but we need volunteers. We need lots of volunteers for that. So, um, Tell Amy, tell me, tell Bruce or Debbie um, that you want to volunteer. We're going to really, the, the idea right now is to really try to grab the community into this, not necessarily just our church kids, but we want to get as many community kids as we can. And uh, Amy's involved. And with that, I will say whenever we've done ministry, we don't want to just kind of do a VBS, right? Just kind of like, hey, we did one. Yeah, we got through it. We want to do a VBS. I mean, we want to make it great. We want to make it so the kids remember. We want to make it so the kids say, well, if VBS is like that, what, what is Wednesday night like? What is, what is Sunday morning um, like? It's a, got an Australian theme. Everybody loves some um, Australian things. So uh, please pray about volunteering. Some of you guys don't even need to pray about it. Some of you guys just know you need to, to, to jump into that. Amen? Amen. Three ways to give, like always, online. BridgeHelena.com, the giving boxes. You can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. We always want to extend that opportunity. Ministry, in reality, ministry takes money. God God brings money into ministry, but usually he uses the people as the conduit to get the money into the church and able to do ministry. If we're going to do a VBS in an amazing way, we want to, we need the finances behind that, right? All of those fun things. We've got all sorts of great things coming up. So give, test God on that. If you've never, if you've never biblically tithed with consistency, just try it. I dare you. I tr try it and, and, and just see what happens. You guys ready to get started? Well, before, this wasn't overly planned, but before we get started, I just want to address um, really what's going on in the world right now, right? Um, it's a stressful time in the world. We, we listen to reports. We, we hear the news. We wonder what is happening, what is going on. Um, and sometimes as Christians, we sit here going, how do I react? This is seemingly halfway around the world. Russia, Ukraine, I've never been to either one of those countries. I, I don't really know anybody from those countries. Does it really involve me? But the reality is, is, is we're all involved, right? We take the perspective that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. But God places a burden on us to pray. So how do we pray in situations like this? And I think it's important to, to discuss this because, number one, we don't want to be praying out of stress or fear or anything like that because sometimes when we do that, our prayers shift and, and we just start speaking things and they're not, they're not necessarily led by the Holy Spirit. So in these times, I think it's important to, to number one, 
get with God. It's a time to listen, right? It's a time to get before Him. It's a time to worship and listen and to be led by the, the Holy Spirit. Not by anything else such as the stress and the fear and the uncertainty. We want to absolutely pray for that region, for what is going on there. You know, we want to pray against the, the shedding of innocent blood. I think we can all ag agree with that. And and unfortunately, that is happening over there right now as we speak. We want to pray for the Ukrainian church, right? We need to pray that they have strength to stand in their faith. A lot of them are going to be martyred, same as in Afghanistan. Um, these are Christians that are solid to the core, and they are not going to forfeit their beliefs for any reason. But what we can do here in Helena, Montana, is to pray that they have resolve and that they have strength to stand within all of this. Most of all, we need to be praying that God's will be done, right? We need to understand that, that God is on the throne. All that this is happening, we can read in the Bible, this kind of stuff happens. This kind of stuff happens in order to, to fulfill the, the plan of God. And unfortunately, things like this are going to take place, but we have to understand that God is on His throne, and we need to acknowledge and worship, worship Him in such a way. We need to pray, God, let Your will be done. Jesus, Jesus, man, come back. Come back and get Your church. Let the end of the age unravel to the point of You taking us home. But until that day, whenever that day may be, we acknowledge, Lord, that You are in control. You are in control. And we desire that Your will be done. The Holy Spirit guides us in those prayers. So, so take extra time today. Take extra time in your prayer time and, and pray for our, our world. We pray for our nation, absolutely. But sometimes when we pray for our nation, we Americanize it, right? And we just simply pray for America. Well, Can Canada is not that far right? Canada is just, now I'm going to accidentally say that from now on, but Canada's just a couple of hours away and there's crazy things happening there. Finland, my goodness, you talk about the Bible in Finland right now, you're getting arrested. Just mentioning the Bible, you're going to get arrested. Again, Afghanistan, Ukraine, um, all sorts, there's places all over this world that we need to be praying for. We look to God, we look to His sovereignty. We pray with an understanding that absolutely 100% God is in control and we desire His will to be done. Amen? All right, let's pray before we jump into this message. Father, Lord, thank You that You offer a relationship to us that within that relationship, prayer is a priority. And prayer, Lord, it's communication with You. So, Lord, help us to communicate with you, to pray. Lord, let the Holy Spirit work through us to guide us in our time in the Word and time in learning, time in prayer. Lord, continue to guide us so that we know what to pray for. But Lord God, help us to understand that you are on your throne, that you are in control. Lord, for today, I ask that you help us each to open up our hearts, open up our ears, and open up our minds to the message that you have for us. Holy Spirit, don't allow me to say anything that you don't want me to. 
And Lord God, if you have something extra, if you just got to plug it in there, Lord God, help me to hear that, comprehend that, and speak that in an appropriate way. And once again, Holy Spirit, I pray that nobody leaves this building, this sanctuary, this property, the same way that they came in. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Well, if you guys weren't here last week, I believe our church, as, as well as each one of us individually, was presented with a huge opportunity. Uh, it has everything to do with, with grabbing hold and embracing this idea of moving from really where we are into what God has for us. The, the illustration I used was Egypt and the wilderness and the promised land and this idea that COVID really shifted everybody back into Egypt. And many Christians and many churches have said, we're not living here. This is not the bondage. We're not allowing you to place that bondage upon us. So, so a lot of churches and Christians almost immediately and ever since have been leaving Egypt, but they've been walking into the promise or the, the wilderness. And, and far too many Christians and churches have been settling for the wilderness. It's just like, man, at least we're not in Egypt. We don't know where we're going, but we're not, we're not grabbing on to the promises of God. So this message last week was all about that. It was really a challenge to evaluate where we are and a a desire to get to where God wants us to be. I think if you were here, you guys are like, yeah, I know exactly what you were talking about because there's got a lot of feedback, got a lot of comments, there's a lot of excitement about this last message, but we also have to guard ourselves because sometimes on a Sunday when we get a powerful message, when God speaks, when God moves, it's almost like we have this spiritual hangover the next week. And it's like, man, God did so much last Sunday. We're so excited about last Sunday. But we forget to be excited about this Sunday and next Sunday and things like that. So, so guard against that. Now, if you were not here last week, if you did not hear this message, I cannot encourage you more to watch the service on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. You can access both of those from our website. It's super easy, bridgehelena.com. Please get on there and, and look at it, listen to it, and understand this is where our church is moving. If you're here today, you are involved being part of the body. Whether you've signed your name to a membership or not, you are a part of this body. It's good to know where your body is moving, right? So please, please, please get on there. If you were here last week, get on and listen again. That doesn't hurt a thing. Now, though this was a special message last week, it really fits in nicely with where we are on our series in, in 1 John. I don't know how God accomplishes such things, but how He can order stuff and be like, okay, this special message is going to come right here in the middle of this series and it, and it works out so good. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like you meet somebody on the street by chance. You're thinking, wow, that was quite the coincidence. No, it's not quite the coincidence. It's God and His organizational skills, which some of us could do good to aspire to a little bit of those. But it's God saying, I'm going to pull this all together. I'm going to cause this to happen at this time. 
Now, we are currently in chapter 4. And in this part of the letter in 1 John, John really opens up this concept of love. And chapter 4 is a great place to be doing this because John has already addressed many of the, the issues and the errors of those who had left these churches as well as he has shown the righteousness of God. With that foundation, we can now embrace the purity and the essence of true love. So in your Bibles today, if you got them, paper Bibles are great. If you got them on your phone, that's great as well. Please turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 10. And this is a huge one. This is, a, this is an enormous verse. And I'm going, to, I'm going to be using the Amplified again. So this is it out of the Amplified. It says this, 1 John 4.10. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation. That is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating His wrath. Earlier this week, I had just, I think it was last Monday. Man, that's a long time ago. I had just finished up my workout. I work out at Planet Fitness. Some of you guys work out there too. And, and uh, I've been really trying to get my leg back in order. And I, I had just finished up this great Monday morning workout. And I'm all sweaty and stinky. And I go to the locker room. And in the locker room, there were a couple of silver-haired retired gentlemen, kind of kind of regulars. They're, I see them throughout that time slot in the morning, so they obviously prioritize exercise because they are very faithful. But here they are in the locker room, just two of them, and they're, they're talking. They're just talking. Well, when you walk into a locker room and you, a couple people are talking, you can't help but begin to listen, right? I don't know. Some people could say that's rude, but, but it's human nature, right? We want to listen. To what's going on and and I came part way in their conversation and and I just was content to sit and listen and it was apparent very quickly what they were talking about they were sharing their observations about how the world had gone crazy <laughs> it's like wow I want to hear this from they're they're not my generation right they're they're a generation that's, that's older than me, and, and they've seen different things, right? I wasn't born. They had seen a lot of things before I was, was ever born. And so I wanted to listen and, and, and gain an understanding of how, how they're perceiving things. And they just, man, it's like, man, this world is crazy. Can you believe it? But the other thing that they said that I found interesting is they were talking about, especially one of them was, was bringing up this idea about how people are so angry. People are so angry. There's just mass anger. And then one of them said something that really got me to key in. He said that all of this anger stems from a dislike of oneself. That when we don't like ourselves, we become consumed by hate and anger and this is why are we we this is why we are seeing the things that we are seeing and then he added something that kind of broke my heart 
said that it's appalling to him the number of people who loathe themselves. This is what he's seeing. This is what he is gathering. These conversations out in the community, it's what he sees on the news. It's the social media posts. It's the, it's the, the, the current climate, the temperature of not only our country, but our world. And, and, and he's simply saying the world is crazy because people are angry and dislike themselves. Now, I'll be honest. I don't know if these guys are Christians or not. I don't know if they have a true biblical understanding, but what was being said sure lines up with much of the theology that I believe to be true. With this crazy, angry world out there, it's, it's really easy to pull back. And I think each one of us can run the risk of, of retreating and living within our Christian bubbles. Flip that, flip that slide. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like the world's done gone crazy? But at least I got Jesus so I can withdraw and, and spend this wonderful time with Jesus in my Christian bubble? See, when we meet Jesus, we experience such a dramatic transformation, don't we? I mean, you guys can attest to that. <laughs> Think about before Jesus versus now. It's a dramatic transformation. We are changed by His love and, and His forgiveness. And, and we're changed at a core level. And that's why we can say that we are truly born again. That which I was is not who I currently am. Who and how we were pre-Jesus, it seems so foreign. It seems so distant. It seems in our memories like we're watching another person. We have a heart and a desire when we come to Jesus to, to be around other believers. And that is so incredibly valuable as, as well as important in growing our faith. But as God continues to grow us and we continue to become more like Jesus, our ability to understand his teachings and his principles, that needs to constantly grow as well. And we need to desire to put those things that God is teaching us, that he's challenging us to do, we need to be putting those into action. Go back to the beginning of that verse. No, go back. You were on the right side. Right there. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. In this statement, the word this, that, that underlined word, this distinguishes the agape love of the Father and the love of those who had left these churches. Right? So, so John here is he's still addressing those who had left the churches, but I believe that we can gain a lot out of this same dialogue. Many then, and many today, can say that they love God. They can say that they love others. However, the agape love of God must come with the understanding that our love for God is not by our own ability, our own definition, or our own comprehension but rather it is found solely upon the reality that 
It is God who first loved us, and therefore only he can define the standard of what love truly is. The only reason we can love God is because he first loved us. The only reason we can love others is because of the love of God. See, this is profound, and this is monumental. Don't you think so? It's not about us. It has nothing to do with us. It's not about our definition of love. It's, it's not what we want. Rather, it's all about Him. See, His love, flip that slide. His love is the standard that was extended to us and is the same standard that we can now live by. Aren't you glad that God establishes standards in our life? Could you imagine if he didn't establish any standard? Say you take a new job and you walk in on that first day and you go up to the boss and you say, okay, boss, I'm here, I'm on time. And he says, good job, I appreciate you being here on time. Great way to start. And you say, so what do I need to be doing? And he says, do whatever you want. How frustrating would that be? I mean, seriously, some of us are like, man, I'd love a job like that. I could just do whatever I... No. When we don't have parameters, when we don't have standards, that's stressful, right? That's an easiness we need. Man, if church starts at 10, we need to know that it starts at 10 and it is going to start at 10. Hey, if I know I'm going to get three meals today, I better get three meals today. Then I can arrange my schedule around those three meals. If I go to my job, I need to have parameters of what I need to be doing within my job. And now God is saying, hey, I am now setting the standard of love. This is the standard of love. And this is the standard that, that everything else will be judged by. Now we have to understand that the love of God was not contained within the bubble of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know they love each other, right? They're always affirming each other and they're always um, doing whatever they can to point to each other. The, the Trinity is a great example of the, the standard of the true love of God. But we also know that God never intended to contain His love within the bubble of the Trinity. It's quite the opposite. Flip that slide. In... In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He sent His Son. How much more, from our perspective, would it have made sense for God to keep His love within the, the bubble, the Trinity bubble? Right? That way He would have never had to send His Son. That way the Father would have never had to watch what the Son had to go through. That way the Son would have never had to sacrifice, be, bitten, be beaten, and to die upon that cross. But God's love is so much bigger. See, the love of God caused the Father to send the Son to allow the creation to have interaction with the Creator and to ultimately sacrifice the Son in order for there to be an opportunity of reconciliation between the creation and the Creator. That's how much God loves us. 1 John 4.10 very much sums up the issue going on within these churches that John is addressing. 
See, those who had left were trying to influence those who had stayed with their false theology. And their false theology extended to a false idea of what love is. Now, those that had left, they claimed to love God. However, they did not understand love in the Christian sense, but rather in terms of Greek philosophy. See, the Holy Spirit hadn't changed them to the point of saying, well, that, that religious system that I grew up knowing, that has nothing to do with the true love of God, with the standard that He is conveying. So everything that they were doing, everything that they were thinking, everything that they were filtering through was still based in their Greek philosophy. Some of us, some of us have a past experience with secularism, a different religion, maybe the baggage of religion. And some of us are sitting in here today and, and we're falling guilty to the same thing. We're, we're filtering everything through this false lens of past religious experiences. I was involved in another conversation this week and this person was simply saying, well, this priest is like this. This priest acts like this. This, this priest proclaims this, and, and I just can't get behind that. And, and, and inadvertently, what they were doing is they were filtering a lot of their theology through that person. But this one over here, he, he may be this, which is not a proper lifestyle, but at least he's humble. And now her theology is being filtered through him. The problem is, is when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, there should be no filter at all. We should be focusing on Him alone and not past experiences, not past hurts, not past offenses, not past anything, but we steadfastly look upon God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. See, so much of what the... So much of what we see today in terms of, of love, it's really based on our current cultural definition of what love is. Christian people, it's a huge mistake to allow anything or anyone other than God to show us the definition or the standard of love. See, the current cultural definition of love is it's selfish. It's self-gratifying. It's even perverted. And it's the kind of love, by God's definition, is a false love. Remember, love can only be measured by the standard of God. And we should be measuring everything against that standard, including our own actions. And by this standard... The example of Christ is very much an example for us not to exclusively exist in a bubble. I'm not even going to ask for hands. How many of you guys are guilty of existing in a Christian bubble? I'm not going to ask for hands because I don't want to put people in a position that they got to repent for lying. That's not what I want to do. We can laugh about that, right? But it's true. But rather, we need to 
influence those who are around us, don't we? This means love compels me to interact with others, sharing the truth of who God is, His righteousness, and the course of His love to everyone, including those who dislike themselves because they know not the love of God. See, when we were working with college kids on at Haskell Indian Nations University and, and I would get in those good conversations, a lot of times one-on-one or two-on-one with, with some of these students, maybe it was in a small group, I, I would tell them, flat out I would tell them, either you are influencing those that are around you or those that are around you are influencing you. There's not a whole lot of middle ground on this one. And I think it holds true for us today, don't you? Each person in here, you guys are either influencing those that are around you. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's just on the street. Or they're having an influence upon you. Social media, my goodness. Boy, that's a, that's a big telltale one right there. You are either trying to influence those people who are on your, do they still call it like a Facebook wall posted on the wall? Remember they used to call it that? You're either trying to influence them or you're reading the stuff on social media and allowing it to influence you. Now, not all influences are bad. If it's a biblical influence upon you, that's a good thing, but all too often it is not. I had another conversation just this morning. And I'm listening to to someone say, hey, somebody new moved into my neighborhood and their dog jumped up on our car and scratched our car and boy, I had to go down there. I was going to tell them I need your insurance. You need to pay for this. But then God spoke to that person's heart. Said instead of demanding their insurance information, why don't you invite them to church? Oh my gosh, we're... The standard of love in that situation, right? But, but man, my, my car is scratched. That's my car. I paid for that car. And, and it's your fault. And, and, and God says, yeah, but let's measure that against my standard of love. What does that person really need? And through that, a relationship is being born where there's more information coming out. And as I'm listening, it's like, well, the last thing that guy needed to do was fix the scratches, and the biggest thing he needed to do was hear that God loves him based upon his standard. The the hurt that he's carrying, the lens that he's seeing things through those past hurts, that lens needs to be broken. And it takes us. It takes each one of us to step into that situation. How do we choose to influence those that are around us? And how much are we allowing those around us to influence us? Now, I am slowly, like super slowly, reading through the book of Acts. Sometimes, man, Acts, I could read Acts all in one sitting, right? It's that good. But sometimes God says, hey, how about we slow way down? So I'm slowly reading through the book of Acts. It's taking forever. And it's apparent from chapter 1 that the disciples wanted nothing more than to be with Jesus. Right? They wanted to be with Jesus. Man, they saw Him crucified. They saw Him beaten, crucified. They saw Him taken to the tomb. But now He's returned. And what did they want? They wanted to hang out 
with Jesus. They wanted to be away from the crowds. They wanted to be away from the distractions. They wanted to be in the Jesus bubble. And we are very much the same. However, when we embrace the Holy Spirit within our lives, just like the disciples had to do, we gain the assurance that no matter wherever we are, God is with us. We're always hanging out with Jesus, right? We have the, the Holy Spirit within us. We are convening with God Himself. And that brings us to verse 11. 1 John 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. Boy, that's what I really love about the Amplified. I love that. If God so loved us, in this incredible way, because it is incredible, isn't it? John wants the readers to fully understand the true nature of love. It's unselfish and it's sacrificial. Look at John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Greater love. That was Jesus foretelling that His greater love would be demonstrated by His life and love-giving sacrifice. It's the same principle we are to adopt in our lives and to extend, but it is to be within the understanding of God's standard of love. I would die for my country. That's a very patriotic statement. But the Christian is called first to love, right? Verse 11 is, a, is an all-action verse. Beloved, if, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. See, we are to be patient because God is patient. We are to be compassionate because God is compassionate we are to be giving because god is giving we are to be gracious because god is gracious we are to be merciful because god is merciful but ultimately we are to be loving because god is loving and we do not do this out of external obligation but because of inward compulsion psalms 51 10 says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, a spirit of love. We would all do good to pray that. Renew a right spirit within me. Because I'm telling you what, this world, the world is trying to draw you away from that. The world is trying to convince you that that's not the right thing to be doing the world is coming against you saying you need to be angry you need to be scared and you need to not like yourself but when we pray these prayers say create a clean heart in me O god and renew a right spirit within me the holy spirit rises up and we begin to look at things differently and we begin to look at others differently we begin to look at our situation a little bit differently and a spirit of love god's love god's standard of agape love comes to us now if verse 11 is an action verse then verse 12 is, is really the result of that action. No one has seen God at any time. 
But if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us and his love, the love that is, that is his essence abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. Wow, there's a lot there, isn't there? Isn't there a chain of events going on right there? So I read something like that, and then I just have to sit back and go, really? That's amazing. This is so huge. As a Christian, though we have never laid eyes upon God, we choose to believe in Him, right? We choose. It's a choice. It's a choice that we have to make. This is something that boggles the minds of unbelievers. Unbelievers cannot comprehend this even in the least. That's what makes talking to unbelievers so much fun because our passion comes out. Talking about the God that we know, the God that we believe in, and their eyes just start whirling around in their head like, ah, tilt. Tilt, and we just keep going. But we speak through the standard of the agape love that God bestows within us. See, as believers, we, we don't ascribe to the adage, well, seeing is believing. But rather, we believe that believing is therefore necessary for our seeing. It's because we have faith. Plain and simple, it's because we have faith. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Our faith is trusting in God in all circumstances. When we trust in God in all circumstances, flip that slide real quick. That's what we're talking about right here, right? See, when we, we have that faith, we don't have to see it because we believe it. We have that faith. This enables us to, to preserve and to remain in the love of God and, and in His wonderful Word at all times. Faith also makes it possible to, can, to extend this love to one another. Really, I, I don't know if I can love that person. Not after what they did to me. Well, where's your faith, right? Where's the faith in God? Because our faith in God says, look at the standard of love that God is extending to us. So, so faith makes it possible to extend love to one another. It, it, it compels us to love. By extending God's love, His standard of love to one another, we are assured that God literally abides within us. And within this realization, God's love is completed. In us. I mean, you guys want God's love to be completed in you. What an exciting thing. See, see, something that is complete, something that is complete, it lacks nothing. So when God's love is completed within us, there's nothing that is lacking. It has all the necessary components and it is in its finished state. Loving one another exemplifies the completion of God's, God's love as demonstrated upon the cross. That's completed within us. It shouldn't be abstract to us. So it's the same love that we can then extend to others. And even more, God's love is perfected or fulfilled in us. 
God's love, which originates in himself, was manifest in the Son. And through the Son, the love is perfected in his people. How amazing is that? We're a part of the chain. God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten Son to, to die for us, right? And then when we turn our hearts to God and accept that, now we are part of that chain because it's now us that can give out that exact same love that came via from the Father through the Son, and now it's coming through us. Have you ever thought about it like that? The manifested love of the Son is the same love that we extend to others. And it's the love that is perfected in us. But, this is a huge but, it's only perfected in us when it's reproduced in us. When it's only extended through, I feel the love of God. I feel it. You don't collect that. That love is perfected when that love comes in and then we give it out understand it understand it this way god's love finds fulfillment here on earth when we choose to live by and extend his love how many of you guys are choosing to live by god's love how many of you guys are extending that exact that exact same love see this has everything to do with with where we're currently located are we in egypt are we in the wilderness or are we in the promised land see remember the wilderness is self-induced one of the reasons that we remain in the wilderness is because we choose to be a stopgap to dam up all that love that God is giving to us. That love is meant to come into us and extend to others within this world. Remember, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Bathe that in the John, 1 John 4 definition and standard of God's love. See, we are to... Both extend God's love into a hopeless world, right? Not, not, not the false love. Not that, that conditional love of the world that, that condones everything. I'm, I'm not saying that, that the love we extend to every, everybody in this world is the kind of love that condones everything. No, on the contrary, but rather the true love of God that is evenly distributed with his righteousness with his truth that we find in scripture well god loves you but don't 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 believe that part of the bible because god's love overrides the bible no it doesn't god loves you but his righteousness man that takes a back seat to god's love no it doesn't it's all together God's love is affirmed in the world and it's balanced by His righteousness. So are we are to extend God's love into a dead world. That's the going part, right? God says, go into all this world, take my love and extend that. And in addition, we are to welcome people into the loving atmosphere of the church or the body of believers 
And that's the receiving and the discipling part, right? We go and we receive. We go and extend the Word and the love of Jesus and then we receive them back into the body. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We say, come on in. We receive you. We want to help you. We want to disciple you. We want to help you grow within your gifts. We want to love you. We want to love you by the standard that God has established within His agape love. We go and we receive because again god's love never keeps us where we are but rather it moves us and challenges us and convicts us so we can enter into a deeper relationship with both god and with others the gentleman that i Talked to this morning with the scratched car. Now everybody promise me one thing. When you leave today, don't walk around the parking lot going, okay, who's got the scratched car? I'm going to figure this one out. Don't do that. Just listen to what's going on. It's not easy when we have our brain and our emotions and they're flared up and we want justice because after all, this isn't right. That person needs to pay. It's hard when the standard of love gets spoken into your life through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the words are, well, instead of condemning Him, why don't you go love Him? Instead of going to demand, why don't you go to invite? That ain't easy. That's not easy for any of us. But the further we push in, the better it is. The further we push in, the easier it becomes. The further we push in, the more complete the love is. And the further we push in and give out, that's when the love is perfected in us and through us. So we do. We enter into a deeper relationship with both Christ and with others. This world, I don't care where you are in this world right now, this world, every, is it seven, eight billion people? I can't even keep track now. That many billions of people, this world can only be reached through God's love. And it's God's love that is manifest through His people. So the world is changed by us through His love. We can sit here and pray. God, fill our church. God, just send people to our church. We've got so much to offer. We want we, we got all sorts of... Man, we are a loving church. As soon as they walk in, they're going to feel the love. God, just send people so they can experience that. That's the receiving part, right? We're kind of forgetting the going part. I'm going to challenge you guys. You guys have people in your life right now that you're praying for, that you're building relationships with, right? That you're speaking into their lives. Have you ever invited them to church? <laughs> My goodness. What a great portion of First John to invite them. Invite them. 
I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to say, whoa, 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 we don't need to get that extreme here. You guys need to be a little bit, pull it back. You guys are getting a little crazy with the whole inviting people to church and, and that desire that people come and be received. And No, the Holy Spirit's not going to do that. You know what the Holy Spirit's going to do? He's going to say, forget about the insurance claim. Forget about it. Invite them. Talk about the religious bondage. Talk about the non-religious standard of love that God extends. Worship team, if you guys would like to come up here. You guys want to drop the lights? I'm telling you, God's... I just listen. God's got me on this altar kick. And I'm not going to get off this altar kick until God releases that in me. So once again, we've got eight feet in front of the altar that are open. It's calling out to you. Does God only interact with you in these eight feet of altar? No. But walking to this altar, there's a lot of things that can change and transform with us. So if you're sitting in here today, you're listening. Thinking about the standard of God's love. Thinking about the going part. Thinking about the manifestation and the completion and the perfection of love that is supposed to take place within those who serve Jesus, His body. I'll ask you this. Do you have a love issue? I'm going to go so far as to say if you have retreated into a Christian bubble, there's a love issue going on. Because how can the extension of God's love, which is the perfection of His love, occur if we've isolated ourselves in a bubble? So do you have a love issue this morning? Do you have a problem with loving others? <laughs> there are a lot of idiots out there, Right? But God says, love the idiots until they're no longer idiots. The world has its own standards. And instead of fleeing from those standards, we don't jump in and start partaking in those standards. But we can't run from those standards. Because who's going to influence those standards if it's not us living within the completion and perfection of the standard of God's agape love. So if you're sitting here this morning and you just shake your head at, at people in this community, in this in your neighborhood, maybe in this church, maybe halfway around the world, maybe you have an issue with loving others. And yet some of you sit in here this morning and the issue you have is accepting love from others. And this would include God Himself. Maybe you have past issues. Maybe you have a past life. Maybe you've made past mistakes. You're sitting here and here this morning saying, well, that's all great for other people. I'm glad that God's love is complete and even perfected in other people. But, but gosh, I don't know if 
these people in this church could actually love me if they knew everything that I've done. Maybe, maybe the things that I even did last night or this morning. But that's a lie from the enemy. Because we've all been there at one time or another. So I would say today is an opportunity begin to accept love from others. That's including Jesus. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you within that, grab hold. Sometimes it goes one more notch. Sometimes many guys have a problem loving yourself, right? But God loves us. If God loves us, who are we to argue with Him? We don't love ourselves in a prideful, boastful way. That's the false love of the world. We love ourselves because of what God is doing within us. We love ourselves because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We love ourselves because it's Jesus who is changing us. So if you have a love issue in general, you have a problem loving others, you have a problem accepting love, from others. If you have an issue with loving yourself, well, we're not going to make categories. If it's this, you go over here. If it's this here, the altar is open. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now to, to go sit by somebody and say, hey, you want to walk to the altar with me? I'll walk with you. I'll pray with you. Don't let this altar time get away. We're going to keep doing this until God releases me from offering this altar time, which I'll be honest with you, I don't see any time soon. But if you have any type of issue of love this morning, as we sing these last songs, beeline it for this altar. Father, Lord, remove those restrictions that we place in our lives. Remove the bondage, the fear, the anger, the self-loathing. Lord God, all of those things, the the, the prejudice, the, the, the bigotry, Lord God, the, the looking down our nose. Lord God, and remove those things so that we can interact with you. Lord God, our faith dictates that we believe in something that we cannot prove or that the world cannot prove. But Lord God, we choose to believe. And within that belief comes your agape standard of love. And your agape standard of love comes within us and, and it compels us to begin to, to love those around us, to accept love, and to even love ourselves. So Lord God, continue to work in us in that respect so that your love may be complete within us, lacking nothing. And the extension of your love through us to others, that's the love that is perfected. Lord God, we want that. We want all of those things. So this morning, in this altar time, Lord God, teach us, show us, convict us, and change us by the power the agape love of our Savior Jesus Christ, His Father, and His Spirit. We pray this in His name. And everyone said, Amen. Some of us need to accept the love, the beautiful, incredible love that God is offering to us.
And some of us that have accepted that love need to allow that love to be completed within our lives. And that means maybe we need to step out in faith. Maybe we need to change some things. Maybe maybe we need to uh, get rid of some things in our lives. Maybe we need to commit in a different way. That's, that's, that's us saying, God, I, I want your love more than anything. I, I want to be complete within your love. And some of us are there. Some of us need to be perfected in his love and have that love flow through us. I think the biggest issue that the church and the world is facing, maybe not the world, because we see in places like Ukraine, the churches, they're rejoicing, they're worshiping in basements and in the streets. And it's a pure worship, it's a beautiful worship. But, but here within our country the the perfection of love is hard because we're not extending the way we need to be extending well can't we do a church just a church outreach and a campaign yes we can god's love is beautifully relational now each one of you i can say this with boldness each one of you in here has somebody that is waiting for you to extend the love of god to them to allow that agape standard of love to flow through and be perfected and to speak into their lives. Will you pray about God's perfect love flowing through you? That's what I ask you to do. That's simply what I ask you to do. Let's affect our community by the love of Jesus, by allowing it to flow through. It's not your love, it's His love that is touching you and it's meant to touch others. Amen. We can sing another one. Yeah, let's do another song. You want to do Revelation? Let's do a Revelation song. Let's do it. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.